0: What about vagina, like can you smell the vagina? Are you looking to smell it? Are you heading down, ready to get a whiff? What's the deal? This is the deal with the vagina. As long as there's no underlying infection, don't smell the vagina. But if you've
1: got like some bacterial vaginosis going on or some other kind of infection, sometimes
0: I can smell the vagina. But that's why you're there to see me, so that we can take care of that. And I always tell people it's not the vagina That's the biggest offender. It's those feet. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Period Sis. Y'all know I am your girl, Mandy B. And we are here yet again, thanks to Official Box Owner. Again, if you have not yet, check out officialboxowner.com. And today's episode is all about the box, but in a great way. It is about how your daily routine and rituals by yourself and with your partner affect your sex life and I think that we've been really good in talking about that here on period so I'm excited to be joined by a sex expert today that's right we're gonna get into her tale of womanhood amongst many things to help your tale further on in and out of the bedroom so guys it is another tale of womanhood for women by women and guys I want to send a well wow warm welcome to our guest today we are joined by kimmy lavage who is a sexpert and founder of the V is for vag and honey tell us because i ain't gonna hold you i think shan booty is the only other sexpert uh that we have had on here so before we get in can you share exactly what it is that you do yes so First of all, thank you
1: for having me, Mandy. Of course. Uh, second, uh, my name is Kimmy Lavage. I am a sex expert, also a sex health and wellness coach. So essentially what I do is I help men and women with their performance issues. Uh, sometimes we discuss trauma. We go over coaching sessions to help them just have an overall better sex life and also to just improve their sexual confidence because everybody doesn't wake up like that. So my goal is just to help all adults who are willing to learn, to learn about their bodies and just get a better quality of intimacy
0: and sex because they go hand in hand. Now I'm not gonna lie, sounds like the dream job if you ask me. Um, (laughs) But let's get into how you became someone who has been able to wake up with confidence in the bedroom and who now has been able to share your tips with many, both men and women. Let's talk about what that journey looked like for you. Um, did it start as early as having your first period, or did it start through your various partners growing up? Can you can you take us exactly where you really started feeling the confidence in in your sexual realm? Well, it started early.
1: I ha- I started having sex very early. Um, okay. I was I was twelve when I lost my virginity. So. Oh wow. It was it was by choice, um but Okay, good. It was definitely under peer pressure and it kind of started the journey from there learning how to navigate sex, how to decide what you want to do versus what you feel pressured to do mm. and then also like the changes that started coming with becoming an adult, you know, becoming a woman. My mom was always really helpful with talking about sex, okay. but when it was time to actually do it, Obviously, I'm not going to run to her and be like,
0: oh, my God. uh," Mom, how do I suck dick? dick. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. like,
1: (laughs) help me. So it was a a journey that was a combination of talking with my other friends who were also sexually active. And then being a nerd who likes to read about epidemiology and bacteria. And I'm a reformed germaphobe. So it kind of started like, oh, we're having sex. Oh, there's disease involved. Like, how do I avoid that? And so I started learning about condoms. My aunt used to work for Planned Parenthood back in New York. So I learned about disease very early. And I know she was discussing abstinence, but that wasn't really a topic for teenagers. Like nobody nobody was really trying to abstain. So as I started growing up, I was deciding where I wanted to be sexually. I had the same boyfriend for 10 years. And so that was a journey in itself, learning about sucking dick, learning about how Penises work, uncut versus cut. All of these things were like life lessons. But when I reached college, I decided I wanted to study it formally. So once I started studying it, I understood more of the science behind it, the biology, physiology. And then I'm now able to give people a combination of life life lessons and textbook facts and studies that go along with it. So it it really helps because sometimes they're like... I I don't know what to do, but I'm like, well, scientifically, your body does this, but from experience, like don't do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) I want to, I want to ask you as a germaphobe, right. And as someone who is a reader, I know a lot of people go by the less, you know, the better. Um, and I think sex is one of those things because it can be really scary when you know all of the consequences and possible outcomes. So as a germaphobe, How were you able to really enjoy sex, knowing all of the things that were possibilities of happening while engaging in it? How were you able to get past that?
1: I I started with condoms, of course, because that's the default. It's like, okay, condoms protect you 99% of the time. But I also learned that latex isn't great for everybody. Um, That was a personal lesson (laughs) that I picked up myself. And it was like, oh. After sex with this condom, I don't feel so great. So like, what is the benefit of using a condom if it's going to irritate me afterwards? So then I learned about non-latex condoms and I was able to incorporate that. And so I was still having protected sex, but it wasn't itching afterwards. It didn't smell like a car tire afterwards. There was no spermicide. So having that level of discernment on my personal life was something that helped me in professional life to be able to see those changes in a client or a friend that's reaching out for help and be able to say, Hey, have you tried non-latex? Have you tried, you know, lambskin, perhaps there's other options out there that will allow you to still have sex and have enjoyable sex, but still protect yourself.
0: Now are, are the non, uh, latex condoms and lambskin condoms, are those things that are normally available over the counter or do you have to get them from like a sex shop or a specialty store? The
1: non-latex is easier to find than the lambskin. Lambskin, first of all, it doesn't protect you from pregnancy. It only protects you from STDs. It's wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 what? Yeah,
1: it's it's wait, almost so pointless. The,
0: the, sp- the, the spurt. OK, how does a condom protect you from STDs but not pregnancy? Because Please it, explain it's,
1: it's not a it's not a true barrier. It kind of it's like a, a blanket. For dry humping, almost, if, if I could find a, a, a good analogy. So it will it will filter out some things, but it, it still allows certain things to pass through. So a lot of partners will use lambskin if they like the feel of natural sex, but they don't want to pass anything to each other. Maybe they have HSV or HPV and they're in a committed relationship, so they don't care about getting pregnant, but they don't want to get the STD part. So- Lambskin is, like, the last thing I offer to people. It, okay. it smells awful, but it is an option out there. And then there is a, a non-latex version. It's, like, lasting. Yep. I'll get the formal word later. It's very long. Um, usually that's, like, skin condoms, which is a lifestyle Those are my
0: Girl, them is my favorite. I've literally... I've literally been, um, and this is not an ad, gal, all but <laughs> right. those are, I mean, I do have literally a pack on my kitchen counter. Don't ask why it's on my kitchen counter. Judge for um, But skin is, is one of those brands that even I use to put on my toys if I'm playing with other women and stuff like that. But if I'm not going to condom shame, I am going to condom shame right now. The gold condoms, specifically in the black community when dealing with, with men, they They wear the gold magnums as a badge of honor because it's supposed to uh, indicate that they have a very large one that can't fit regular ones. But over time and through having a lot of condom sex, those have been the ones to wear. At the end of it, the whole room smells like rubber or Uh something. And then my vagina smells like a condom. And so for the ladies that are listening and have experienced the same thing with condom sex, maybe with an irritant to the latex. Um, Can you give us some scientific reasons as to maybe how or why might be going on down in their box due to the latex? Is it an allergy? Is there something else in those condoms that cause women to be so irritated? What is it? So it's, it's actually a combination
1: of both with, That particular brand, uh, (laughs) they do use spermicide in their lubricant and the spermicide Mm -hmm. itself can be an irritant. And then additionally, a lot of us do have latex allergies or sensitivities, but we're not using latex in a daily, our daily routines. Especially not going inside of us. (laughs) Right. And and you might be wearing it on your hands. Right. But you you don't have any mucous membranes on your hands, so you're not really absorbing anything. Now, your vagina is absorbing things because that's what it's designed to do and it's absorbing the the latex it's absorbing the spermicide and then there's friction involved so there might be micro tears happening during sex and then by the time you're finished your body has reacted to it your body's trying to get it out by excreting it so that's why you're smelling it all the time and you know Mm. it's hot and sweaty in there so back in the day we used to call it badissi that's literally what you're smelling (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Let me not age myself. But no. that's, that's literally what it is. It's like heat, steam, the latex, your body saying I don't like this, but while you're in the throes of everything, you're not like, you know, oh, should I stop and, you know, go take a shower? You're going to keep going until you're finished, but now it's like I don't know what caused this. And usually it's the condom to start and then if you don't know any other options, you're going to keep going back to it and it's going to keep causing that issue, which usually leads to B V and, you know, other venereal issues. And, it, and
0: also it kind of drops your self-confidence too. If you think it's you, that's causing that smell. 100%. And you know, men ain't that educated. They just automatically going to assume it's us and nothing else. Um so let's get into that. You said you were with a partner for 10 years. Let's start the conversation because guys, um Kimmy here has some tips on hygiene as it pertains to daily rituals that can actually positively affect your sex life. Um we will also be getting into the things that you may be doing that could be negatively also impacting your sex life. Of course, using a condom that causes an irritant that you're not aware of and not troubleshooting it can for sure be one. Um, But Kimmy, let's do it. I'm in a relationship. I notice my partner every time we have sex or every couple days after something is just not right. Can you let us know what some of those things may be? And also give us some tips on some daily rituals that we can do to hopefully prevent those things.
1: Definitely. So one thing to consider, especially as women, is the anatomy of our partners,
0: right? I'm waiting for some point for Kimmy to share her screen and have a whole diagram for me. Uh, but like no, a wooden, There's a wooden dick in the background, by the way. I also, so this is a wooden bottle opener that is in the shape of a penis. We're part of the same tribe. All right. So let's get back into the anatomy of a man and woman and, and how they affect each other, both in and out the bedroom. Let's go, Kimmy. So the the cut, uncut
1: debate, I guess I would call it, happens with me almost weekly. Anytime we're talking about penises, somebody's like turtlenecks versus um, <laughs> skins or whatever. And that's actually, even though they're mostly talking about aesthetics, it's really important when it comes to hygiene. And if your partner's not aware or if they weren't trained to clean themselves a certain way, that will affect you in the long run. So pubes are important. Even though Mm -hmm. they serve a biological purpose, they trap dirt, they trap bacteria, they trap sweat. So you're not like funking up the street all day. They need to be manicured to a certain degree. The, The long hairs can actually get into your vagina. They can irritate you. They can transport the bacteria from your partner into your vagina. So it might be, you might be into like 70s style porn and long hair. That's great. But (laughs) trimming is important. And sometimes it's hard to have those discussions with our partner, but we have to find nice ways to segue into like coercing them into taking care of them. I
0: mean, and also guys, y'all know, not only am I not shit, I'm super comfortable. So it's also something that can bring you super close to your partner, even maybe getting the little manscape kit or the shaving cream and maybe just doing it with your partner, laying the towel down and you know, just sharing that very, very intimate moment. You'd be surprised how how much closer that gets you. So there's pubes. And then I did want to ask you if my partner grew up in a single parent household um, and is uncircumcised, where would he have learned how to clean his dick properly? And if maybe he doesn't know how to, because that wasn't taught to him as a woman, how do I engage that conversation or how do I know he's even doing it properly? Oh, great questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the, the thing is, like, if you don't have a live in partner, you might not be seeing their hygiene practices. And if you're not there every day, you might not be seeing their hygiene practices. Some guys hide when they're cleaning up afterwards or before. Um, so it's a challenge for us to kind of discern if it's me or if it's them. So it might be important to like just be more observant when you see them beforehand, um, before foreplay. Are they washing their hands? Because if you're not seeing simple hygiene practices, the more complex mm. ones probably aren't happening. Um, as far as the single mom part, uh, my mom wasn't single. Um, they're still married. But she did teach my brother how to pull his skin back you know take the washcloth go around your rim and um, she wasn't using scientific terms but she was pointing <laughs> out his parts and saying you know you need to clean these i don't even know if my dad taught him that i think my mom was like the, the main oh wow advocate okay. because it was like she has a vagina she has a husband uh, my dad's probably not cut either i really would rather you not don't know. know. Okay. Um, <laughs> but she's aware of the things that men do and she wanted to set that tone early like hey you're a guy, you're gonna get older, you're gonna need this part, here's what you do to clean it. So she did walk him through that and he seems to be doing all right. But for men who don't have that, it's important for them to be self aware. And then as a mm. partner, if you're noticing that they're not doing those things, it's like, hey, do you, you have to pull that, what it look like when you pull that back? Like, you know, let, let me see what it looks like. And then maybe in the shower, you start washing it for him so he can get that routine going he might like the way it feels when you do it and then he might feel more compelled to do it himself and sometimes you got to be like hey babe um he smelling too." and right. and have those candid conversations it's not always going to be easy but if it's somebody you care about and you care about yourself it's important to just put it out there on the table maybe not throw it out too rude like your dick stink but just be like babe you know <laughs> It, it hasn't been tasting that great. Like, you know, maybe let's, let's look at what we're doing to see what
0: we can do to make this a better experience. So I love all of those tips you gave for how we can communicate to our partners, but what are some daily, some things we should add into our daily routine? If we're someone who's having a lot of sex, whether with one partner or multiple, what is something that we can do to maintain our our ecosystem in our box and and make sure that we're as healthy as we can be and we're showing up as our best selves. What are some things we should add into that?
1: I would start with checking our dietary intake. A lot of us don't drink water. And it seems like something that's like super simple, but a lot of my clients, when they're having vaginal issues, my first thing is like, what's your water intake look like? How much water do you drink day? I don't like water. I don't like the way it tastes. I don't, you know, water's gross. And it's like, okay, but your body's mostly made up of water. Your skin has water in it. Everything about you is water. So if you're not giving water to yourself and you're walking around, you're losing it on a daily basis. Your vagina's right. going to suffer. Your mouth is going to suffer. you give giving head with dry throat. Like that's not cool. So right. hydration is important. Even if you're not doing eight glasses a day, just drink as much as you can and you'll notice changes in your body. Your skin glows different. Your vagina gets wet faster. Right? I see you. (laughs) No lighting kit, right? Hey, no, girl. Well, this
0: is natural sun. This is natural sun.
1: (laughs) And natural skin, praise God. (laughs) So I start with water. Water. Um, Water. Trimming your area is important. So even if you're not okay with, completely waxing or completely shaving, just keeping it trimmed to make sure the hairs aren't going back inside is important. Um, it also keeps the bacteria at, a, at bay because we still need bacteria, but we need it to be c- controlled because if you're right. having issues with bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, the hair will actually hold that bacteria and then you'll have more growth. So keeping it manicured is important. Waxing, I'm a fan of waxing. Um, But if you wax, you might want to wear a panty liner during the day if you sweat a lot or if you notice that you get wet a lot because your hair is not there to hold on to that wetness. So liners are important for that, too. And most people don't even think about that. It's just like, well, I'm always wet. So, like, that's cool. No, actually. Yeah, but you don't want to be wet wet sitting sitting in that wetness. Right. Right. Exactly. So I usually suggest that. Just keep some liners in your purse, in your pocket, especially now that we're going back outside. Just keep those tools nearby in case you notice those changes and you can kind of equip yourself.
0: Do you have a, a suggestion for the type of panties? I know that the type of panties is, is very big with what you're wearing, not only uh, because it dyes, but certain fabrics um, are harmful to the environment that we then create down there. So what type of underwear would you suggest and which type would you suggest to stay away from?
1: So for daily wear, I usually suggest cotton. Um, Most underwear is going to have a liner in it, a a little cotton liner, but that's not going to let the air flow through. So the cotton, the way it's woven, it allows air to come in and it allows air to go out. So that way you're breathing during the day, no matter if you're at work or at the gym. But sexy underwear is not usually cotton. So, if you're going to wear it, it's you probably want to wear it just for the occasion. It's not going to stay on very long, more than likely, but at least (laughs) you can still enjoy it. But for daily use, I say cotton. A lot of women don't wear underwear at all. That's okay. That's me. Free, I'm free-balling right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm free-balling as we speak. (laughs) Yes,
1: and that's fine, but it's important to just remember that the materials that we wear when we go outside can irritate our vagina. So, denim. Even though denim is cotton, it has dye in it. So if you're noticing that you feel right. uncomfortable afterwards, it's probably because you're going outside, you're sitting in your jean, and then your vagina's rubbing up against it, and now you're irritating yourself. So if you do free ball, just make sure you take care of yourself when you get home. Maybe do a little rinse and just make sure that it's clean down there and dye-free, and then just pat it dry so that it's not just sitting in your juice. That That's really what I would suggest as far as underwear.
0: Okay, my next question, and probably one of the weirder topics that's currently being <laughs> had. How do I know and how does my partner know whether I'm creaming or it's a yeast infection? Woo, yes. <laughs> Listen, I have the questions here for you, girl. So, creaming,
1: <clears throat> all right, so I won't go into the, the long biology lesson, right? But there is a gland in our vaginas that yes. causes us to come. Right. That's where the cum comes from. That's where we have the squirt versus pee debate, which is like a whole separate conversation. Those glands do produce a milky substance. Sometimes it's more watery. Um, There's actually two glands and one of them tends to be more watery and then the other one tends to be more milky. And then when they mix together, that's where we get that gel-like consistency. So it should be runny. It should be a, a smooth consistency. If it starts to look chunky, if it starts to look extremely thick, if it looks more like (laughs) yogurt, cottage cheese, then we're talking irritation. We're talking infection. And then it's time to go get it checked out. A lot of times that will happen and women will try to self-treat it, but they don't know what the problem is. And yeast infections Mm. and BV can look the same. So I usually suggest if you can, go to your doctor and just let them know you're having these symptoms and get it checked out. Because if you go by
0: monostat, you can just make it worse. I was going to say, what is the difference between then BV and a yeast? I know uh, both have very, very, very similar um, symptoms. So how would one know and how does the how does the doctor even know if I'm just telling him these symptoms that could maybe be either or? What's normally the solution that does cure both? And how do I, again, how do I know the difference?
1: So typically
0: the doctor will take a
1: culture and that's that's almost the only way to know for sure. That's the reason why okay. if we try to treat it ourselves, we may not because the cultures are different. Bacterial vaginosis right. is like an overgrowth of bacteria, but yeast infection is also an overgrowth of bacteria. It's just two different kinds of bacteria. Got so you. when they do the swab, they send it off, it comes back, they say this culture... Uh, shows an abnormal growth of yeast, then they'll give you X medication to treat it. With BV, it tends to be a more recurring issue because it sometimes starts in the gut and then it travels down into the vagina. So it's more of a long-term thing. Sometimes it's what we're eating that's causing it to flare up. Sometimes it's our partners causing it to flare up, a clash in bacteria. So when you talk to the doctor, they're able to give you a better idea of what you're dealing with and then you treat it from there um for me i actually wrote oh sorry no go ahead
0: (laughs) i was was
1: gonna say i I wrote a whole book about bv because there are confusions with yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis so the book just kind of tells you how to fix it on a daily basis so that you don't have to worry about it every single day what's the what's the name of the book it's called Every Girl's Guide to BV, and it's it's actually on Amazon, so it's super easy to get. It's an ebook, or you can get the hard copy, and then it gives a, a daily regimen, and then there's also a journal that goes with it.
0: I love that, and ladies, that will be um, in the description of this episode. Before we get out of there, uh, out of here, there's one thing that you've constantly brought up, um, and it's diet. So I would love to know what you suggest or recommend the do's and don'ts for what's going in a, in my body while I'm sexually active, again, with maybe one partner a lot or multiple partners. What things should we uh, add into our diet besides water and which things should we stay away from that are going to have a negative impact on our uh, vaginal ecosystem? So usually I will suggest steering
1: clear of meat for the most part. Not. I love meat. It well, is. damn. Yeah.
0: Girl, I'm, 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 meat order, and real I'm meat. ordering my oxtail with extra gravy. What <laughs> right, I need about? extra
1: gravy. I love I love what? meat. I, I eat bacon. Like, don't, don't tell anybody, but I do eat pork and all that stuff. However, there has to be a balance, right? So if we're eating okay. steak every day, we're going to notice a difference in how our vaginas taste. We're going to notice how it smells is different. Because the meat actually has its own hormones, and we're absorbing those. And then they're mixing with our hormones. And then our body's excreting it, so our sweat's gonna smell different, our breath, everything.
0: So even Kimmy, if Kimmy, I ain't gonna hold you. Here's my advice to you: the pork gotta go. I didn't have to take pork out. And listen, that's one of those where I could have ate it two days ago and not see my partner. Two days later, he's like, "You you had pork, didn't you?" It's
1: a it's an indulgence so, for me. <laughs> like I I'll treat myself yes. occasionally, but. It's, it's there. Like, I know every so often I'm like, damn, I really want some bacon. But I know that after I eat it, it's straight detox afterwards. I'm drinking lots of water, okay. lots of fruit juice. Um, you want to be careful with the fruit juice because of the sugar content because that can right. affect your right. vagina as well. But pineapples, they do work because I know people talk about that a lot, but you they still do. have to hydrate. And if you're eating okay. pineapples but you're eating steak afterwards, they're contradicting each other, so there has to be a couple of days where there's no meat, just to give your body time to cycle it through and pass it out.
0: So You saying say that like al pastor taco ain't good for me? The the pork and pineapple. The pork and, and pineapple isn't <laughs> the so good. Oh is good? Uh, okay, and of course, it, it just seems like hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That seems to be um, the common one, which is so basic. And somehow, yet here we go. Not having eight glasses a day. Because adulting is harder than drinking eight glasses Listen, of water. Casamigos and water. is more fun than water. <laughs> so let's leave out of here. Let's let's give a tip. What would be your tip to a woman listening who is like, I want to be sure my vagina is the best it has ever been? Give me three things. Give me one thing to add into my daily routine. Give me one thing to add into my weekly routine and something that I should consider either once a month or once a quarter or so. Give me three tips for each of those time frames. Daily kegels. Squeeze your vagina muscles
1: every single day. Do it now, do it tomorrow. Yep. Do it when, do it when it you're it brushing now. your teeth. right? <laughs> every time I think about it, I do some, right? I usually say three sets of 20. And if, even if that's all you do for the day, your vagina will be happier for it. So that's daily. Weekly, um, masturbate at least once a week. Okay, It helps boost your endorphins. It helps you feel good every day if you do it every day. But at least once a week. And then monthly, um, I would say some sort of hygiene practice, whether it be a facial, whether it be like a full body massage, waxing. Do something for yourself at least once a month that makes you feel good. It doesn't have to be for anybody else but yourself.
0: I know that's right. Uh, Miss Kimmy Lavage, you came here with the tea, with the science, with the facts. (laughs) Where can my listeners find you? And what other things outside of your book do you offer as a sexpert? So I actually make lubricants. I have a cannabis
1: infused lube, which is like my most popular thing. So I always try to Mention it. I'm I'm a low key weed head, <laughs> so um, yes, the cannabis lube is really popular. It helps to increase the way sex feels, and it's also can be used as a massage oil. So that's really great. And then um, my website is v 4 I'm actually rebuilding it right now. Okay. The internet's um, kind of took it down for a little bit. But we're getting it back for the month. Yes. They be hating on the vagina. Sex, and if we're giving out too much education for free, it's like shut it they down. They
0: be hating. Y'all know I had Sean G on here. Uh, so we had two boxes ago, we had an artist who focuses literally oh, on I have
1: her money the clip art there, of the vagina. You have, have her money clip is right view. here. Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> so we had, we had the conversation, but even with official box owner, We've had issues with even getting our Google ads Mm -hmm. and getting onto Amazon and even being approved on Instagram. Yes. That's it. Come on. I can't even fit the money in there. She's over here giving out blessings. Look, look. So, (laughs) yeah. So it's crazy that you say that. I know that that's unfortunately something that we all in this space, even though, yes, we have sex with our vagina. There's so many other things to discuss and they literally just... Throw everything into, well, if you're going to talk about the vagina, it's it's not allowed because don't talk about the vagina, but it's also why all of these women are well into their 30s and 40s finding out that there's so much wrong because the stigma of just simply talking about what's going on down there, what's right or wrong. So Kimmy, I'm so glad that you've created this platform. Again, guys, if you guys are interested or maybe have experienced BV for for however long, one time or a hundred times, uh, make sure you catch Kimmy's book. Go ahead and give us, it's the, the woman's guide to BV. Yes. Every girl's guide to BV. Every girl's guide to BV. And guys, that link will be in the description of this episode. Um, I love that it's not only a manual, but also a journal at the same time. Um, because that's, I think my tip that I'm going to leave out of here with is literally over the next start, start with three, three months, Start with three months and really start to focus on what your cycle looks like, how you feel at certain times of the month, uh, the clots, the blood color, the, the the length of your menstrual. It's so important to really be in tune with your body um, because literally there's people that I've had conversations with and only they could tell that something was wrong even when doctors couldn't. Um so make sure you do that. And Kimmy, thank you so very much for reaching out to me and doing this with me. It I had a handy. wonderful time speaking to you. And now I'm about to have to go ahead and cop some of that C B D lube. I'm gonna have to go over <laughs> there and see what that's hitting for. So make sure you email and send that link because guys uh I'll be sure to get you guys hip to the C B D lube that Kimmy's uh selling as well. So Kimmy, thank you so much. And guys, make sure that you stay tuned for some stats and facts. I'm going to leave off with some other things that you can add into your daily routine to help you along your feminine health journey and sexual journey. Uh, Kimmy, again, thank you for joining me. Kimmy Lavage was great. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Period Sis. I love, again, that I am hearing from so many different women and their tales and journeys through womanhood and really, really, really getting in tune with themselves. Of course, the stats and facts for this week that I wanted to drop were actually an extension to things that you should and shouldn't do after sex. So let's start with it. The things that you should do for one is for sure wash up so you don't have to hop out of bed and into the shower right away, but gently cleaning yourself after sex can protect both men and women from infections like UTIs. Wash the area around, not inside your genitals with plain warm water. You can try mild soaps, but if you have sensitive skin and you already have an infection, that might actually dry you out and irritate the area. So men with foreskin should also, like Kimmy suggested, gently pull it back and wash underneath. A don't. Ladies, just don't douche, okay? I know that, you know, if you were born in the 90s like me, douching was like one of the things that we just thought, and of course, you only got a little Summer's Eve bullshit. Don't douche. Some women think that they need to clean inside of their vaginas after sex with water or pre-packaged fluids. But douching can actually lead to more infections. That's because it upsets the natural balance of bacteria that is there to protect your vagina. So the best way to take care of your vagina after sex is to leave it alone. It does clean itself. Also, keep in mind that a mild smell is normal and may not be a sign of a problem. Another thing, of course, before we get out of here is empty that bladder, baby. During sex, bacteria can get into your urethra and the tube, and that is the tube that carries urine out of your body. That can raise your chances of an infection. So when you pee, you flush those germs out. So enjoy some cuddle time with your partner. Then make sure your motherfucking ass heads to the bathroom. That's what I do. And I don't care if we have eight rounds, I'm probably at least going up, to use the bathroom and make sure that I'm good after at least every two rounds. Yeah, baby, I'll be getting it in. Anyways, if you haven't yet, make sure you check out Official Box Owner. That is right. Check out Official Box Owner now and get your OBO products. We have our apple cider vinegar gummies, pork suppositories, and things to go ahead and help you keep that box healthy. We also have... Um, The OBO pouches that you can use to put in your purse or you could travel with. And of course, we have our She Orgasms, baby. These things is going to make your eyes water when you orgasm. I'm telling you, they are the truth. And we have them now on the website. Save 15% off by using promo code boxcare. Don't forget, we are dropping our anniversary box in October, baby. So if you haven't gotten your hands on a box yet, be sure to join our mailing list so that you can be sure to grab that box, baby. All right. And we're not talking Trump style. No, ain't no patting the pussy over here. Anyways, guys, make sure you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Period Until next time.